か。Welcome back to Simply Speech, and this is episode three, which discusses management and treatment. I'm so happy you guys could join us again this week, and you enjoyed last week's uh, uh, podcast number two that we discussed assessment. This week will be our last podcast, and this is Tasmia Ibrahim with Wibbilla Stevens. And I hope you enjoy our podcast, to, our last podcast today. Boy Pelo will kick us off. Um, so basically, when managing and treating um, dysarthria and apraxia, uh, we would, would normally like to have a person-centered care. Uh, because a person-centered care advocates for understanding the client and their level of functioning and participation in relation to activities within their environments. The person-centered approach, as defined by Ake and Saldert, entails that the client's values and preferences be solicited and, once articulated, influence all areas of their treatment, supporting their reasoning lifestyle and health goals. Through a dynamic relationship between the client and their caregivers, person-centered care is accomplished. This collaboration informs decision-making to the extent that the individual desires. This concept makes it clear that the person-centered care should assist a patient's overall life goals in addition to their health goals. This is consistent with a biopsychosocial perspective, which takes a comprehensive and multifaceted approach to a person's holistic health care. So when we look at rehabilitation, um, when we look at rehabilitation professionals, we therefore need to evaluate the the client's functioning in everyday activities in order to identify existing barriers and facilitate optimal participation within these activities. From a rehabilitation perspective, the International Classification of Functioning, Disability and Health, as we know it, the ICF, is a biopsychosocial framework which can also be used to describe the functioning of individuals with disabilities within and across different contexts. The IFS distinguishes different components which operationalize the interplay between the person, their ability, and their environment. These include components of individual functioning, body structures, body functions, activities and participation, and contextual components such as environmental factors and personal factors. So the IFS is very important in this case of motor speech disorders. So I'm just going to break it down further for you guys. With a health condition or disorder, we um, it informs us with the predicted comorbidities and the prognosis. With the body functions and structures, we look at the anatomical parts and the physiological functions. With the environmental and personal factors, we look at the physical, social, attitudinal and environmental factors and the factors within the individual's life. With activities and participation, uh, we look at the execution of tasks or involvement in life situations. So what does this mean? It means that like uh, with questions, what impairments mostly affect the function in the current setting or at discharge based on the clinician's assessment and the individual self-report? What activities are most important to the inv- individual in the current setting or discharge setting? And what personal environmental characteristics help or hinder participation in activities or situations in the current or discharge setting? So these questions we need to ask ourselves when doing intervention treatment management. Okay, so now we will basically discuss treatment and management for dysarthria. 
Um, so the SLP uses examination results to decide on the best behavioral or augmentative aids and services such as AAC, um, such as hand gestures or cues to promote communication and increase the speaker's intelligibility, comprehensibility and effectiveness. The foundation of dysarthria treatment is behavioral interventions administered by a speech language pathologist, maximizing the patient's communication skills in the main objective. Taylor and Gull um, recommend, recommended behavioral therapies for dysarthria treatment in the UK that target impairment, activity, and participation in all three domains of the interna International Classification of Functioning, Disability and Health, the ICF, which Tasmia has just spoken about. The interventions at the impairment level are likely to be focused on the recovery of impaired movement through exercises to increase strength, range, precision, and speed of movement required for speech. Treatment can utilize non-speech or more typically speech-focused movement tasks. These are usually non-speech and oromotor movements of affected muscles or muscle groups. The interventions at the activity and participation level will probably concentrate on compensatory techniques or patient-specific objectives to enhance speech intelligibility that are connected to a significant communication activity for that individual. This could involve slowing down when speaking on the phone or using speech tone to deliberately distinguish statements from inquiries or giving advice to the main communication partner. In order to maximize communication success and ease in a specific context, such as um, a family, hospital, or nursing care setting, environmental modification and education can also be used. It may be necessary to use augmentative and alternative communication techniques to help more severely affected people communicate more clearly and understandably. Techniques that enhance respiratory uh, phonatory coordination for better pitch and volume control, phrasing and consistency of sound output are among the other popular SLP behavioral treatment approaches. In addition, facilitative speaking strategies may be used to improve comprehensibility by modifying speaking tempo, phrase length, and incorporate purposeful pauses during speaking. When we look at, now we'll be discussing when we look at the intervention and treatment of apraxia. So the majority of objective evidence supporting the treatment of uh, apraxia of speech addresses articulatory uh, kinematic therapeutic approaches. So as apraxia of speech is a motor planning impairment, speech and language language therapy approaches are likely to be based on motor learning, specifically focusing on articulatory movement. However, in more severe cases of individuals that also have aphasia, individuals that also have aphasia, approaches will be broader in order to maximize uh, functional communication. For example, combining treatments for aphasia and introducing alternative and augmentative means of communication, as Boipelo has discussed previously. Okay. So now we will discuss um, some of the approaches used for um, treating and managing uh, praxia. The first one is motoric practice. It is a key element of the majority of articulatory um, kinematic therapeutic trials um, and has been, yeah, so it's one of those. 
So repeated practice is seen as a crucial component of treatment. Findings from the literature of limb motor learning by Schmidt and Lee, which have been recently extended to speech learning uh, or relearning and the concepts of experience dependent neuroplasticity involving rehabilitative rehabilitation after stroke or brain injury have been used to support this. The next one is modeling repetition. It is a common element as well of the articulatory kinematic therapy approach. Integral stimulation is an alternative where the patient is told to, example, see me or listen to me or say it with me. With simultaneous practice, this seeks to bring the sight and sound of the target movement into conscious awareness. Uh, the next one is articulatory cueing. This technique increases awareness and actualization of articulatory postures and or movements. It focuses on the what, how, and when of speech production. Uh, for example, the place, the place of articulation, voicing, and manner of articulation. So uh, the next approach or treatment is not a very um, widely known one, but it's a new, uh, we thought it would be interesting to, to include as we've read it in a study done in Netherlands. It's called speech music therapy for um, apraxia. So various therapy programs use musical elements to improve speech production. So a unique th a therapy program combining elements of speech therapy and music therapy is called speech music therapy for apraxia. The multidisciplinary team has adequate psychometric properties, implying that it can be used to measure the changes in the speech motor performance after the apraxia of speech treatment. Verbal communication in daily life is improved in all the participants, and this improvement remains stable after treatment stop. This was shown in the study done in Netherlands. The musical parameters such as melody, rhythm, meter, tempo, and dynamics are all related to a particular level of speech production and speech, mo which are speech motor planning. Um, so now we will talk about dysphagia. Um, so literature describing dysphagia in those with dysarthria commonly reports the use of diet modifications to optimize bolus preparation, cohesive formation, and safe clearance during eating due to oral preparation and bolus transport problems. Another common approach identified in this patient population is the use of compensatory strategies that modify posturing or manner of swallowing to improve airway closure and bolus clearance. In some cases, exercise approaches can be utilized to improve muscle strength and structural performance during mastication and swallowing. Ad adaptations or compensations for improving eating and swallowing safety, as well as cognitive contributions to dysphagia, may also be recommended. So um, we look now at an MDT role. So a speech and language therapist have a key role in assessing, planning, and delivering interventions for patients with communications impairments following anything such as a stroke. Um, we've discussed this in the beginning of the podcast. However, it is vital that all members of the multidisciplinary team have sufficient awareness to recognize potential communication difficulties. One example of this is the positioning and general comfort of the patient. 
the effectiveness of communication depends on physical comfort. Appropriate positioning decreases abnormal tone, reduces the effort required to maintain a sitting position, minimizes reflexive responses, facilitates access to communicative devices, as well as optimizes respiratory function. A multidisciplinary team, including OTs and physios in this case, consult about seating, head neck and trunk support and upper limb function which is all essential so those are just a few examples of how important an mdt team is in managing motor speech disorders thank you so much for listening to our podcast we've enjoyed going through our differential diagnosis in episode one assessment in episode two and lastly treatment and management in episode three signing off is tasmia ibrahim and we're Bella stevens Thank you.